0: I read the book Journey of Desire, and I thought, man, this guy has captured something very deep uh, within his heart and shared it with us. And his name was John Eldridge. He wasn't well known at the time. And then a little while later, he wrote a book called Wild at Heart. And Brian Wild at Heart just exploded. What's amazing about it, and, and I wanted to get into it with John and meet him and talk to him about this. But he wrote Wild at Heart as a reflection or as a out of honor for the man who was his best friend with whom he had written Journey of Desire. And so Wild at Heart was actually something he said, you know, I lost a friend. And then we talked, Brian, about um, about his friend he just lost a few years ago and a 30-year gap between two these two men leaving and how do you handle that? Hmm. It's really a fascinating – I think we – hit on some things. I asked John, I said, do you mind if I talk to you about that? He goes, no. I said, do you n- talk about it very you know, very often? He goes, no, it's not really something people ask me about. But he walked into how to deal with grief. Yeah, and I think for all of us right now uh, is something oh. we all need to know and be able to minister to others.
1: Well, yeah, grief is, I mean, we've, uh, during this, as we record this, uh, we're still in the middle of quarantine. And um, uh, we all have—I know I do. I'm sure you do—have friends either for one degree or two degrees away that have that have been lost due to the virus. Yeah. And uh, you know, we have a dear friend who's a nurse who's right now in New York City as we speak, um, literally losing patients every day. Yeah. And uh, and so that that's something. Um, the, yeah, it really uh, is.
0: And, and you know, plus the the other thing we talk about is so. I mean, first of all, this guy was um, focused on the family staff, family counselor. Uh, John has background. He wasn't just – he's not just a writer who came up with a cool idea. He he actually has a background in all this, clinical background. And Mm -hmm. what he also spoke to was, you know, when we talk about quarantine, we talk about pressure. We talked about what does a man need to do, and and this is – this is so good. I've repeated it a number of times. He said, every man, and this is coming up. You'll you'll hear this in this interview in a minute with John Eldridge. But but Brian, he said to me, he said, every man needs a trash can lid and a baseball bat. Uh-oh. And I'm like, I, I didn't get it. I The what? He said, every man needs a trash can lid and a baseball bat so he can take the trash can lid and the baseball bat, go out back in the alley or his backyard, whatever he's got. Take the baseball bat and just beat the hell out of the trash can lid. Oh man! <laughs> and then go back in and hug his children and tell his wife he's sorry for what he had just said to her.
1: You know, you've 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 had a couple great interviews recently where you've been able to get your guests to give you some some top level secret stuff. I, I remember the uh, John Tesh interview podcast, and if you ha- if you haven't heard the John Tesh podcast. Uh, it's a, a few episodes back. It's, you'll see it there in your, uh, podcast, uh, player, which yeah, I'm, I'm to use, but you got him to talk about a tattoo. I got it.
0: Yeah. I said, do you ever yeah. talk about this? He goes, no, he's got Mark yeah. eleven twenty three tattooed on his left arm. And so, has, you've got to, if you, if somebody hasn't listened to this, if you haven't listened, yeah. bro, you got to listen John Tesh. This is an incredible. Time we spent with him. And his whole family has said that too. So, John Eldridge, we did get him to talk about his uh, dealing with grief and what he said, Brian, about dealing with the grief when he was young and now as he's older. And God spoke to him in the middle of the night and gave him a way to deal with grief. You're going to hear it today on Brave Men. It's Brave Men. With Paul Lewis Cole, wisdom and courage for the journey. I'm here with John Eldridge, and John Eldridge, most of us would know through the book, Wild at Heart. And, uh, but he also has a, an incredible ministry, of which I'm on the email list and a bunch of other stuff, called Ransom Heart Ministries. And uh, John has been in the forefront of helping restore the hearts of men. And so, John, your work, you and your wife, now your sons, uh, where does this thing start? Where's the genesis for this? Tell me, tell me where this kind of thing started.
2: You know, I think if I'm honest, it started on my grandfather's ranch. Wow. I, I'm a young kid being raised in L.A. in the suburbs in an alcoholic family. And wow. Every summer I get a rescue i get sent off to my grandfather's cattle ranch in eastern oregon and and it was uh it was masculine initiation it was boyhood as it was meant to be it was fishing and bb guns and tractors and just all that and and um i started private practice as a counselor you know 30 years ago and the guys start filing into my office and it's, you know, it's gambling addictions or it's pornography or it's a divorce or it's depression or, you know, and, and I, I listen to their hearts and I go, no, it's all the same thing. Mm. It's all, it's all the same thing. They've lost heart. Mm. They've lost heart. They don't, they don't know who they are and they've never been initiated as a man. And so I'm sitting in my, I'm sitting in my counseling office. I'm thinking about my boyhood on the ranch. I'm listening to these guys and I go, wow. Like this is universal, so wow. I, I I wrote Wild at Heart um, really just to answer the questions of the men that were my clients, and uh, because I knew it was universal. I knew this is this is every guy. Yeah, this this is every man.
0: You know, I think it was um, it was one of the philosophers, Plato or somebody, who said uh, most men live unexamined lives, and. And I think that the world we live in, man, you hit it so right is I think we live overly examined lives, by and large, with the digital media and all that. But men are living uninitiated lives. Yep. And I think that's, that's exactly the There's never been Stephen Mansfield, my friend Stephen, wrote this little thing, this little treatise on brotherhood, and he talked about uh, being in Afghanistan and on the roof of this building with these guys and these guys dancing and drinking together and singing together. And it was like he felt like he was being initiated into manhood, even though he was already a follower of Christ, already a dad. And he said something remarkable happened that night as these men <laughs> held each other and danced. And there's something about that, John, that, that we don't do. And the church is, is, it's almost like that stuff, the initiation things pieces missing or gone, or maybe it was just considered too dangerous. Totally gone. Uh,
2: gone with the industrial era, certainly gone with the modern era. Mm. Uh, dad left home and yeah. the this, this son never worked alongside of his dad anymore. He wasn't with his uncle in the shop. He wasn't with the men, you know, in the mill. And so the, the context of masculine initiation for thousands of years was lost. Mm. And, and dad became a figure that came home for dinner. Right. And then depending on what mood he came home in, you know, that was either a good thing or a bad thing, but (laughs) there was no context for it anymore. We lost, we lost true masculine culture Mm -hmm. and, and with it, the boy lost initiation.
0: Wow. Now, how do you go from, okay. So you grew up in LA area. Where, Where was that? Yeah,
2: San Gabriel Valley, like Pasadena, Arcadia.
0: I, I grew up in, I was, I lived four years in Temple City. Oh, no kidding.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's it.
0: But right. You know, what it was is my dad was an evangelist and in, 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 in the, the world in which he was in the preacher world and denominational world, you were an evangelist when you were between churches. Yeah. And so, so, uh, so you did that for four years. I live in Temple City, man. I, it was, uh, it was uh, crazy, but I grew up in Santa Cruz, California on the beach is really. But this whole, how do you go from, um, you know, this initiation you're talking about on the ranch and all that, and, and that sounds fantastic. How do I do that in a practical way in, in an urban setting? Oh, because the, the core issues are always the same.
2: They're, what is their issue, co- courage. <clears throat> courage. Mm. What, what initiation, you see every, every boy and every man has basically one question and it's, do I have what it takes? Yeah. And do I have what it takes to be a dad? Do I have what it takes to start a business? Do I have what it takes to get my PhD? Do I have what it takes to be a follower of Christ in a pretty hostile country? Do you know, do I have what it takes? And the boy needs to go through a bunch of experiences in his life Hopefully, mentored, guided to so that he discovers I do, I mm. do have what it takes. And then he will have the courage and the internal fortitude to move into, you know, starting that company or taking that promotion or, you know, quitting the, the private sector and going into academy or whatever. Um, you can form that courage in any setting. Mm. Because we're constantly faced with, I don't know if I can handle this. Yeah, I don't, you know, and that's, that's every man's every day, right? It's new situations. I don't know if I can handle this. And that's where the initiation is taking place. And you know, it takes place at six, but it takes place at 60. Right? Like that? Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, it's it's uh, one of the things my dad wrote uh, through Maximized Manhood is uh, maturity isn't measured by age, but by, by the acceptance of responsibility. So so we have, what was it? What was the guy, what Was it, Mark Driscoll, that used to talk about boys with beards? You know, we have all these older guys that have, in a sense, been given permission by culture to just stay immature.
2: Yeah, and, and it's not their fault, by the way. Yeah, um, hmm. How why aren't they initiated? Yeah. Where was the, what's missing in their story? Where's the man? Where's dad? Where's grandpa? Where's uncle? Where's a coach? Where's a teacher? What happened? Where's a youth pastor? Like,
0: where's why the guy aren't
2: why, aren't, why aren't they initiated? And, the, yeah. the, but that is Paul, that is the crisis. <clears throat> that is the crisis is. Um, we have boys walking around in men's bodies mm. and, and they get, men's responsibilities and it crushes them mm. and they, they either um, blow up their world, right. Through an affair an addiction or something.
0: Some sort of self-medication.
2: Right. Or they check yeah. out, they, they, check they go out. silent. Uh, they're the, they're, they may be still married, still fathering, but they're not present. They're gone. You know?
0: Wow. Wow. So my, my, uh, the research I've seen from Pew and Barna and those guys is uh, approximately 93% of the churches in the United States, and, and now we've got friends around the world, and as you do, but 93% of the churches in America have no navigational path in which they can mentor or disciple men. So tell me, uh, you know, your passion for that, your your heart for that, or or what's the solution on that, John? My gosh, man, this is. Well, we've we been talking a couple, about this for years.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been talking about it for years. There's a, there's a couple of reasons, and by the way, that's changing. There there is well, look at your movement. Yeah. I mean, there there is a phenomenal God is at work. Yeah. Raising I up agree. men. Yep. He really is. Um, that. So, things are changing. But what happened was the church, the church made spirituality something very soft <laughs> and 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 very uninviting to men. There's no battle. there's no adventure. There's no beauty to win. What am I here for?
1: Yeah, right?
2: Like it's it, well the message is be a good boy. You know <laughs> that's that's our that's our discipleship programs you know don't masturbate don't look at porn don't yell at your wife you know like be a, right. be a, be good and and that is not enough to either capture the attention of men but it's also it that's not enough to initiate them yes it it's it's inadequate so that was then but i think things are changing i really do i i i think that if the church isn't doing it, there's a ton of great stuff going on right on the fringes of the church. I mean, guys guys are getting together. Guys are doing things. Guys are looking out for each other. They really are. There's there's a new culture of masculinity. And we're kind of providing for one another what we didn't get. What you we know? didn't get. Yeah, yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's phenomenal. Now, you had... Uh, I did a, a talk with a very close friend, Nancy Houston, and this current crisis we're in, the COVID-19 and all this. She said something I thought was really profound. I hadn't thought of this. And of course, she's got the same background as you, family counselor, psychologist. She deals with sexual dysfunction. So Nancy said one of the things that, that's happening for us and in this remarkable, crazy close down, she says we're experiencing grief. Mm experiencing grief in that we're processing it in those same waves that you process grief, denial, rage, uh, you know, those kinds of things. I mean, the, the, uh, trauma centers for women in America are packed. Mm-hmm. France is just now opening up 20, uh, new pop-up trauma centers for women, uh, abuse is up to, uh, I think they said, uh, 36%. The other thing that's fascinating is the, the, uh, the people reporting abuse, the abuse reports for children in America have gone down 75% since the lockdown, okay? And which tells us, well, we know the abuse is going up because the trauma centers are packed, which tells us the first line of defense for most of these kids, when we sent them home and closed the schools, we sent yeah. millions of kids back into areas of like hell. Yeah. So <clears throat> how do you process this, this grief thing that's caused a lot of people to move into anger and rage. And how do we process that, John? How do we process that as men? Well, I'm going to add. <clears throat> uh,
2: I, OK, I'm going to give my answer and then I'm going to do to explain it.
0: Yes. With please. a baseball
2: bat and a trash can. Okay, That's my answer. Okay. Yeah, seriously, guys, you, you got to go whale on something and it's not your kids. Oh, you, wow. you, you need a baseball bat and a trash can. Uh, it's been one of the best grief tools I've ever had in my life. Um, now close the garage door so the neighbors don't freak out, but you need to go whale on something. And if it's not that, get a PVC tube and go, you know, a sofa cushion and just destroy the sofa cushion, you know, <clears throat> because here's the other thing that's going on. Um, Paul is that, it's distinctly masculine, okay? Because because your audience. So let me just. Um, yeah. Men are warriors. Mm. Men are warriors, and men are made to intervene. And mm. we are we are being told to do something that is so. Fo- we know we know this is wrong. We know it in the core of our being. This should not be happening. People shouldn't be losing jobs. We shouldn't be shutting down economies. We shouldn't be locking down people into isolation. Everything in us knows it's wrong. And here's what we're being told to do. Nothing. Bam. And that is so brutal on the masculine soul. He can't yeah. take it. He can't take it. And that's why, I, I, you know, my first answer is baseball bat in a trash can. My second answer is you do need to go to war. And, and you're going to need to go to war in a couple ways. You're going to really need to fight for your heart in this, or you'll get taken out. Yeah, You're going to have to fight for your heart. Wow, You got to fight the discouragement, the depression, the fear. You got to fight that stuff, mm-hmm. right? You, you, the warrior in you needs to rise up, or you will be taken out by this. It's horrible. And I would say, uh, because you've got a spiritual audience listening, you need to go to war in prayer. Yeah, you really do. You, you've got to, the fear in the world right now is so demonic. The enemy is loving it. He is loving having millions Absolutely. of people in fear. It, it's, it's, it's the biggest virus. It's worse. Yeah. It's worse than the physical. And so you got to fight that and fight it in prayer. Come on, Right? Man. Yeah. You, you got to stand against this stuff like a warrior. Because everything in you is made for it and knows it. And the world's telling you to wash your hands and cough in your elbow. It's just not enough.
0: Come on, man. Shoot. You know, we were made for times like these. Jesus was born in the middle of terrorist occupation. You know, Daniel, 600 years before Christ, puts into motion a bunch of guys who show up with gold and frankincense and myrrh to to help his dad... Uh, you know, take his family to Egypt on the run and give them the money to start a business. So, you know, God's got a strategy in this stuff, but we got to rise up. Joel 3.9 says, wake up the mighty men, prepare for battle. Yep. And, and I see that, John, and I see this stirring thing, you know, and, and that's why I so appreciate and I mentioned to you off just before we started that I know what it takes to do what you've done and to write what you've done and to put yourself in the crosshairs of the snake people and the snake. And and for for you to write these things and do this stuff. So I want to say thank you for, for on behalf of all of us who have read from Sacred Romance. Too. And, and, and by the way, I do want to mention this also. How did you you know you lost a really close friend just recently. Tell me about him and and how did you process that?
1: We'll be right back with more of Paul's interview with uh, John Eldridge. And uh, for more information about Christian Men's Network, uh, we invite you to visit cmn.men, that's cmn.men. And right along the top, we've got uh, links to all of the CMN resources, including books by uh, uh, Paul's father, Edwin Lewis Cole, Uh, maximize manhood. If if, if you've never read that, you've, you've got to check it out. That made an impact on me when I was a young man. Um, and, uh, that's available as well as, um, all of Paul's books and some links to some streaming resources that you can consume, consume, uh, you can watch or listen to anywhere on your, on your phone or, or iPad or whatever. Uh, also, uh, as a reminder we do this every time uh, please uh, you can drop Paul an email paul at cmn.men, and uh, he'll get back to you uh, uh, so just drop, drop Paul an email let him know what you think about the podcast uh, an episode ago or two we, uh, we had a little giveaway that happened so you'll want to drop him an email and, and uh, you never know what might happen hey let's get back to more of uh, Paul's interview with uh, John Eldridge
2: So, uh, right. I wrote, I wrote sacred romance with Brent Curtis and he was my mentor in counseling. He was a therapist as well. Um, and lost him before I wrote wild at heart, right. Uh, in a climbing accident, we were leading a small group of guys on a retreat and part of the retreat was climbing and, and there was a freak accident and Brent was killed. Um, that was, that was brutal. Mm. Um, and it's very interesting for the guys listening, um, God came to me very quickly in my grief and he said, I will not let you walk alone. Wow. <clears throat> Cause he knew my tendency is a lone ranger uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to isolate, I'm going to withdraw. I'm going to give the world the finger. Yeah. Um, and, and so that was a pretty big rescue. Wow. And uh, so when we started Ransomed Heart, and we started doing the work that we're doing with men and and with women. Um, I built a team. And and one of the guys that I asked to come be on that team was my best friend for 40 years, uh, Craig McConnell. We met back in L.A. backpacking in the 70s. And, wow. And uh, he got heard, leukemia.
0: Yeah, I heard Craig a number of times on your podcast.
2: Yeah, he's, he's a beautiful man. Yeah. He's just a beautiful guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, got leukemia uh, five years ago. Mm. Uh, died three years ago to other things. And um, leukemia morphed into another um, right. kind of cancer. And <clears throat> how do I process it? What, what, the reason I told that story is very differently now than I did then. Mm. They, were almo- they were almost like two different events. Wow, and and the reason why is my worldview had been so honed over the years that the restoration of all things that Jesus talks about in in Matthew eighteen, that Peter preaches in Acts three, that John sees in Revelation twenty one. Isaiah talks about, and most guys don't they they don't understand that um God is actually not going to destroy the world and take us all up to the eternal church service in the sky. (laughs) Um,
0: That's not gonna happen.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God. Well, if that's your worldview, you you don't you have no hope. No. Because you can't hope for anything. This is C.S. Lewis. You can't hope for anything you don't desire. And so all these weird these weird over spiritual pictures of heaven. I don't even like the word heaven anymore because it's just been so it's been made filled with such creepy stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So by the time we got to Craig three years ago, um, my imagination, my convictions are this, that very soon Jesus Christ will return. And in his return, he literally restores the world he restores oh. the world uh, and and with it everything we love every every place on the planet that's ever been special to you it gets restored it doesn't oh. get obliterated he restores us his followers and so I'll tell you I, this is a fascinating story Paul so I I am grieving. I'm grieving, Craig. You need to yeah. grieve loss. And and right. I I we were up at our ranch and I, I took a shotgun and a box of shells and I went in the wood. I told Stacy, You're gonna hear some shooting Don't and worry some about yelling. It. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Um I go in the woods and I just started blasting tree stumps and you know, you gotta get the anger out, the griefs behind the anger. And mm-hmm. then I sat down on a log. I was just quiet. And Jesus. Speaks and and
0: wow.
2: and you know sometimes he speaks in ways that you can't quite put words to, but he he's ministering to your soul. He's coming alongside of you, and the conversation yeah. kind of, if I could put words to it now, the conversation kind of went like this. He said, "John," he said, "You know what's true? Craig is not dead. He's not dead."
0: Wow.
2: He said, "He's gone away. What if he was in China right now?" <laughs> on a secret mission and he couldn't use his cell phone but you knew that in a few years you guys would get back together and swap the stories how differently would you feel about all this wow wow and i'm like completely differently mm-hmm. and he's like you know that's true you know that is the reality He's not dead He's very much alive, and, and you know that in a very short period of time, you will be reunited in a real world, doing real things, right? Jesus at the Last Supper, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine yeah. until I yeah. drink together. With you in the kingdom, right? So, you know, you drink, you eat, you play, you know, you have adventures, you build things, it's all real. It's all absolutely real, and that between Brent and Craig, in those almost thirty years,
0: it's total different. Wow.
2: Totally different. Yeah.
0: You know, uh, when uh, I had, uh, I was blessed to have a few moments have dinner with Paul Young and talk about his book, The Shack. And and the thing that I appreciated about it. Uh, <laughs> You would appreciate this. It was really funny because uh, I had a close friend in, in uh, Nashville that introduced us, and we all went to dinner. So I turned to him, and, and he'd really been getting hammered by the theologian crowd or whatever, <clears throat> a quasi-theologian crowd, let me put it that way. And, uh, and so I turned to him, and I, and I just said, uh, had, it just before we eat, I just wanted to say one thing, just, just a little theological thing. <laughs> he just went like that. Oh, no. And then I go, no, dude, I'm I'm just messing with you, man. I'm just messing with you. It was really funny, but I love the fact that he 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 built this picture, this texture of the cl- the thinness of the veil. Yes. Yeah. How thin that is between here and there. Yeah. That here that there is not actually there. It's actually here. Here is here, and there is here, but it's that close. Yeah. And um, you, I, I love that, and I love the way you've pictured that. And what you did just then is you gave us a picture that's portable. And, um, man, I appreciate that. The, the thing that, uh, you know, when my dad passed away, there were, and there still is because my dad did some amazing things. And, and so guys have written things to me and said, your dad would be really proud of you because he's looking down from heaven right now at you. And I think that's creepy frankly. Yep.
2: It's also bad theology.
0: <laughs> I would rather have MP in China on a secret mission. Right. You know, I mean, just uh, so thank you for that picture. That's fantastic. Yeah. man. And that yeah. is the truth. And it's a it's a quick time. And you know, uh, at the age you're at now, you've got you get your fourth grandchild coming. So now you've got this whole different look worldview perspective. And you're looking at it, which is why a little while ago when we talked about young men, this is why you've got to have older men in your life. Yep. Because they've got a perspective and a way of looking at things. The issue, I call it the Viagra syndrome, which is the problem now is you've got, you know, the big phenomenon in our culture right now is 30-year marriages that are busting up. Been married 30, 35 years. The guy's 55, 50, 55. He's got some discretionary income. Marriage breaks up. And I call it the Viagra syndrome because it's a false syndrome because he still thinks he's a player. Yeah. But it's all chemicals. And uh, my friend uh, Dwayne Pickett in Jackson, Mississippi, pastors of church there, he said, the problem in our neighborhood, he says, there's no grandpas on the front porches anymore. You know? Yep. And it was, it's what you, you and your son talked about in that book, uh, about the older lions, yep. what, they, what they would teach the young ones. So really, it's up to us to actually pick this thing up. We can't just look at the next generation and just go, oh, yeah, they're all screwed up. They're all messed up. They're this or that. No, no, that's, that's on us. Right, John? Yep. Who are you fathering is a really good question.
2: That's Who are question. you currently fathering? Yeah. Okay. We pick a couple guys, they might be 50 years old, they might be 15, they might be five, but pick a few guys that you are fathering.
0: Mm-hmm. That's really strong, man. Now, I want to pick a little different path in, in, in Europe, You've got all this family counseling, psychologists, you've studied how men act, and you're, you've got a theological, deep theological basis. And so I I pose this question. This is a a leading question. How do I find God's plan for my life? And how screwed up do I get if I can't find it?
2: Oh, that it were that easy. (laughs) Um, Let me me give guys a real relief. The reason that God has not given you the plan for your life is that you would go do it. Wow. Without him. Yeah. Men are doers, and we want the plan. And If God gave you the plan, you wouldn't seek Him anymore. You just yeah. go do it, and you would check in in 20 years. Yeah. See, God wants something else. He wants a deep, intimate life with us. <clears throat> we still need initiating, each one of us. There's a lot of unformed, we are unfinished men. Mm. And there is a lot of initiating that still needs to go on. Well, you need a pretty close walk with God to get that initiation. What do I do with this? What are you doing in that? What are you raising in my soul right now? What do I do with the fear I'm feeling right now around the pandemic? Yeah. Why do I feel eight years old inside? Right? What? Like that's all gold. That's gold, man. And, and so instead of asking for the plan, what you should be looking for is the intimacy. Wow. The, intimacy with God that allows you to receive the fathering you still need.
0: Yeah, there were two things that, that built uh, the strength of David's life, intimacy and adversity. Uh, intimacy, when he showed up at Saul's place and, and Goliath is throwing curses at, the, at Saul and the children of Israel, those curses weren't F-bombs. They were morning and night, there were curses that said, you guys don't measure up. You're not good enough. You're not, you can't make it. This will never happen. It's all the things that we hear. And when David showed up, what he had that Saul didn't have, Saul had faced adversity, but he didn't have an intimacy with God. Yep. And and David had that combination of intimacy and adversity. I mean, this guy, I mean, (laughs) I love David because he could like kill a bunch of guys and then write a song about it. And, and for me, that's part of what you stirred up and continue to stir up. Because I read your, I get your emails and the, the RH, I've got the, R. where's my phone? i got the RH app, you know. And, right on. Yeah, we just launched an app, actually. It's called CMN Radio, Christian Men's Network Radio. And you can go to your Alexa and go, uh, Alexa, open Christian Men's Network. And on will come RT Kendall or. Somebody else has spoken for us, so that's kind of fun, you know. But I've yeah, had, that's great. Yeah, but I've had the. Uh, and by the way, you haven't said "far out" yet. And it there's a, maybe one of your boys wrote your bio, but it says he says "far out" way too often. I
2: I, I say it a ton. Yeah, or <laughs> right on.
0: Yeah, right on. Now I heard the right on's okay. I you know, mm-hmm. but it was kind of funny reading that. I thought his one of his sons edited that bio. But. uh, but anyway, the app, and I love all the stuff you've done, and and so uh, so give me the website again uh, for the ministry, John.
2: Yeah, so it's ransomed, uh dot or you could just Google John Eldridge, and that would get yeah. you there.
0: Yeah. You know, googling, googling John Eldridge because you've written so many books and you've articles and been so many places. It, it's about forty eight pages of stuff. So uh, ransomed heart. Ransomedheart.com. Yep. I mean, that's the key. And that, that also uh, puts you into places where you can go to some of your classes, where you can sign up for things, get the podcast, yep. all that. So I just want everybody to know that because I want everybody to go to it and get that in order to get their heart uh, unlocked. You know, yes. uh, multitude of counselors, right? And we've got so, yep. many, so much negativity hitting us from so many different directions. And, and it just absolutely is overwhelming if we're not... If we're not careful, what are you speaking right now? You know, and let me just finish with this. And thank you for all the time you've given to us, John. What are you speaking to men right now in the middle of this period? You know, you've got personal guys you're doing Zoom calls with. You've got, you know, you're thinking, you're writing, you're you're sending things out. What is it that? What's the tip of the spear right now in your heart?
2: Well, let me shoot straight, guys. <clears throat> the war on the earth is pretty intense right now and the enemy is having a heyday with this thing you are going to have to do serious battle with fear every Mm -hmm. day i mean like i reject fear in the name of my lord jesus christ Mm -hmm. god has not given me a spirit of fear but of power love and a sound mind like you quote the scripture you renounce the fear Okay, Romans 8, he has not given us a spirit leading us to be slaves to fear again, but a spirit of sonship by Mm -hmm. which we cry out, Abba, Father. So you're going to need to do serious combat with fear and also with death. I don't just mean physical death. What's behind this whole thing? The enemy is trying to bring about this doom of things are over. I'll never get my job back. We'll never yep. get that trip back. We'll yep. never recover my retirement. You know, it's, it's this it's over thing, okay? That's death. And it's just as real as physical death, but it's worse because it's the death of your soul, your mm-hmm. heart, your hopes, your faith. You are going to have to fight death, okay? Like this, Romans 8, 2, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. I reject this. I'm not going to make agreements with it's over. Come on. I'm not going to surrender my dreams. I'm not going to surrender my future. You can't have my soul like that. You will have to fight this fear and death right now, probably daily. Yeah. Do it. You're Hourly. a warrior.
0: Do it. Amen. You know, uh, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, we like to quote God's will for you. He says, I know the thoughts for you, they don't know. That to give you, uh, not for your destruction, the future and the hope, but the first few verses of Jeremiah 29, which was written to people in crisis, Daniel and his friends that had been captured, taken to Babylon. The first part of that, he doesn't tell them, hey, get out of there, escape. He says, in the middle of the crisis, he says, build buildings, plant crops, in other words, do what you know to do to be excellent. In fact, he says multiply, which to me, John, means don't stop your dreams. Yep. You know the whole that whole uh, John ten ten thing: thief comes, steal, kill, and destroy. Too often we we uh, almost put that in a different little spiritual world, like it's not part of our world, but part of our world. What he's what he's trying to do is rip off our dreams. Absolutely. Rip off our heart. Yep. You know, that's about the heart man so uh John thanks you for this time uh, oh this was great stuff it's remarkable uh things you're doing uh and and I'm sure you're working on two or three books so, you know, at any one time no
2: actually are, I'm not i i uh, I'm taking a break right now I'm, I'm being bit. kind being kind to my soul yeah good good for you I tell you what I am building is I am building a fly fishing raft. Come on, man. That's how I'm that's how I'm handling cabin fever right now. I can't I can't get to the river, but I'm planning on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. And you've got some great uh, you've got some great streams around where you live. Uh, and you guys, you probably get some brookies, some like natives occasionally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your area, from what I know, a good friend of mine, Steve Bransford, fishes up in your area. Um, I'm up, I fished up at Estes Park and then fished uh, Wyoming. I, I love fishing, man. It's my, it's my release. Oh, right on. Yeah. So I've fished Alaska, fished far out. stuff and places, and I'm going to northern somewhere, Quebec or something this August. Sweet. You know, this COVID thing, I already told those guys, we already talked to each other all ago like this. Are you clean? Yeah, I'm clean. You're clean? I'm clean too. Okay. We're just going to go. Yes. I mean, we're not going to flout the law. Let me put it that way. But at the same time, there's there's uh, certain things you got to fight with, man. We have to fight this stuff. Right. And I love, John, right. your spirit, and I pray blessings over you and Stacy and your three sons and their wives and your grandchildren. And I pray, Thank John, you. that every place you put your feet will be holy ground and everything you put your hands to will prosper and that the Lord will give you the year of his favor, the year of his favor in Jesus' name. Thanks, John. God bless you, man. Amen. Thank
2: you. Yeah, man. Great talking to you.
0: Good talking to you. We'll see
2: you. Okay. Yep.
1: So, Paul, I uh, great interview, but I think we need to warn future interviewees that you get them to say things that they don't want to say, and they, they tell stories that wasn't on their docket.
0: Well, you know, the um, thing is, I'm, I'm fascinated by... Uh, I'm just fascinated by people and guys like John Eldridge, you know, with such depth and background, you know, I, I really had 20 other things I'd love to ask him, but it was, uh, you know, maybe overstepping kind of like uh, a few weeks ago when, when I talked to Stephen Mansfield I was like, man, I could ask more questions, but you know, and the, and the beauty of that is a lot of what he believes and is and who he is is in his books. And so with Christian men's network, we are allies um with with john on this and that's why we do what we do that's why at cmn.men you've got the resources you know the 24 7 you know cmn radio is absolutely amazing so i love that yeah so all these podcasts will end up cycling through that at different times plus speakers from the global summit uh special uh messages that people have it's on the you see, what is it? Uh,
1: Apple
0: App Store and then the
1: Apple Google and Google Play. Yeah, just go to Apple Apple Store or Google Play and uh, search for CMN Radio. Um, and also, if you're a person like me that's kind of geeky that has an Alexa device, um, all you have to do is activate the Christian Men's Network uh, skill in Alexa, and then you can have Alexa play CMN Radio live yeah. right there in your kitchen. Yeah, you can just your- ask for it. We we do it all yeah. the time. Oh, I had, a I'm so happy.
0: Mine, I had a friend of mine hit me up the other day, and he said uh, he was working in his yard on a Saturday, and, and he's he just was feeling down because of all the stuff going on in culture and whatever. He said he grabbed his phone, pulled up his app, and said, it's got an app, it's got an actual little, little one of those little things, you know, and he, and he punched it, and up came C M N Radio, and it was R T Kendall speaking about the life of David. And He goes, man, my whole life world changed. You know, just the his his life that day, his worldview just kind of pivoted. It was like, This is awesome. Right. I feel better, you know? And he's still well, not working in his yard. But he well, did, you know
1: No, it's I mean, what does that say that we we have enough content here at Christian Man's Network to fill up a whole radio station? Twenty four seven. Twenty four seven. That's yeah. just crazy. Yeah, and, and it's not uh, the
0: same 10 minutes playing over and over.
1: <laughs> no, it's I know that firsthand. Uh, we spend a lot of time working as a team programming that. Yeah, so you've true. worked
0: very hard on it. You've done a great job on it, Brian. Thanks. Thank you.
1: Yeah, it's really cool. It's a neat, you know, it's a really, the, here's the thing between the podcasts, your, your, your resources, even in going back to your father's resources, we've got years of, of, of evergreen, timeless information for men and um uh there's really no excuse for where we can listen to it from, yeah. from current technologies like podcasts, streaming yeah. radio. And yeah, so I'm gonna uh
0: you, I'm going to bust you up on a word though. Yeah. It, it's not just information, it's revelation. There you go. Yeah. 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 It's not just no. information. You know, cuz information it's like, you know, everybody's got information, but not everybody has revelation. That's and true and that's like just talking to John today. Goodness. Some of, his revol- some of his some of his some of his what do you want to call them mic drops <laughs> needle drop yeah. Uh, yeah. you know uh, they fantastic and so this is the kind of thing you share with somebody you subscribe to the channel and you share with other guys and you go you know what you need to be listening to brave men because twice a week Brian we're dropping stuff like this right
1: well thank you for listening to our uh, this edition of the Brave Men podcast. Uh, again, drop drop Paul an email. Um he will he will read it, right, Paul?
0: Yeah, I'll read it. I may not respond, but <laughs> no, I always respond.
1: <laughs> at some point at some point we'll see what happens. Yeah, but, if somebody
0: uh, sends me a pretty bad one, I'll well no, you know what? I'll respond to that one too. I will. You may not like it, but I I'll respond to it.
1: <laughs> there you go. I'm
0: gonna get in trouble. But so, okay. his, so the personal email is we, address. Yeah, so the bottom line is we will respond to every Paul at cmn.men that we get.
1: Paul at cmn.men. Yeah. Hey, thanks for joining us this week for the uh, Brave Men podcast. We'll see you next time right here.
2: You've just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Christian Men's Network. Connect with Paul at cmn.men or write to him at paul at cmn.men.